0: The reason I love the Bible is because it tells the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It's not sugar-coated. Even for the heroes of the Bible, we see the warts and the scars. We see everything that goes on, the deception, the lies. We see it all. For some people, that really scares them. They don't like it. For me, it's an encouragement. Why? Because it tells me that God is a God of not only Jacob, who was a deceiver... But he's a God of you and me. He's our God. Now, let me remind you who Jacob is. There's Abraham. He has Isaac. And then Isaac has Jacob. Now, Jacob is going to be the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. Why Israel? Because God is going to change Jacob's name, which means deceiver, which he is, to Israel, which means one who has struggled with God. Folks, I'm here today to tell you it's a struggle. This whole story is about man's way or God's way. It's about self-sufficiency or God's sufficiency. The flesh or the spirit. The book of Proverbs tells us that the mind of man plans out his path, but God directs his steps. And we're going to see that in the story of Jacob today. So here we are in the 28th chapter of Genesis Jacob is between the cities of, or the place of Beersheba and Haran. Okay? He's traveling to Haran. In a little place he stops for the night called Luz, which means almond tree or to separate. Now, he has a dream at this place, but before we go to that, let's back up and see why he's on the journey. Okay? If you back up a couple of verses, you're gonna see that Isaac, the father, blessed Jacob with the family blessing, the one that's supposed to go to the firstborn. Jacob's not the firstborn, but he blesses him. And so Isaac and Rebekah, the mom, say, you've got to go to my brother Laban, way up north, kind of close to Syria, and get a wife because it's in the family. You're going to be the patriarch of the family. So he's going to get a wife, right? Not really. If you back up another couple of verses, you'll find out that he's on this journey and quickly because Esau, his brother's, going to kill him. Why? Because Esau doesn't like the fact that Isaac likes Jacob more? Not really. If you back up another couple of verses, you're going to find out that Rebekah and Jacob stole the birthright that was rightfully Esau's by deceiving old man Isaac, who couldn't see and couldn't hear very well. They stole it. Why? Is Rebekah and Jacob really that bad? Not really. If you go back to the beginning, you're going to find out that Rebecca had real difficulties with her pregnancy. And she cries out to God and says, what's going on here? And God says, Rebecca, you've got two nations inside of you. Two twin boys. They're going to be separate. which means they're always going to struggle together. One's going to be stronger than the other. And the older is going to serve the younger. So Rebecca knows right away that the second child that comes out, the blessing's going to come through, not the traditional first child. Okay? So, here we go. The babies are born. The Bible says Esau comes out, he's red and hairy, he's going to be a man's man, he's a hunter, and he comes out, can't quite get out because somebody's got his foot. It's Jacob. The Bible says Jacob's got a death grip on his heel, as if to say, get back in here, I'm first. And that's what his name means. Hill grabber or supplanter. One who takes by deception or force. That's who Jacob is. He's a self-sufficient guy. Learned it from his mom. I won't say that very loudly because my mother's here. She's back there. Alright, so here we are on this journey. You know what's happened now. He's in this place... He is on a horizontal path through life, going at a net break speed. Okay? It's the same for you and me. Folks, think about it. We seldom stop for the vertical axis where God wants to intersect in our lives. It's all about the accomplishments we have. It's all about uh, the list of things that we have to do, the next job promotion, getting the kids into school, the, the schedules. It's all about this mad pace through life. Horizontal to... We don't know what. It's something down there. But what's going to happen in Jacob's life, and I hope happens in ours, that God's going to intersect that horizontal path with this vertical one. And he's going to give Jacob a blessing. Now, as I've looked through all the commentaries of Jacob and studied real hard, I, there's one commentary that says it all for me that I've got to tell you about today. It's written by a guy by the name of Ted Giesel. Now, Ted was a wonderful illustrator. He, he, he wrote lots of books. He's a great guy. But in the beginning, he kind of wants to do things his way. And so he's at Dartmouth College in his senior year. He's the editor-in-chief of all the magazines and the cartoons and stuff to do. Everybody loves Ted Giesel. So he says, well, if everybody loves me, why don't throw a party? So he gets his guys together and he throws a gin party. And I'm not talking cards. Okay? Problem is, is that the president walks in on the party and puts everybody on probation because they have broken the law of prohibition. It's 1925. And he promptly removes Ted Giesel from his position. Devastates him. He doesn't know what to do. This was his dream song, what he was going to do for life. But he's got a different way. He always does. So Ted gets a pseudo-name. He uses his mom's maiden name, which is Zeus. And he starts writing for the newspaper again, and they love it. And they say, Who is this guy? Well, his, his name's Dr. Well, it's Dr. Seuss. And it caught on. And Dr. Seuss couldn't tell anybody it was Dr. Zeus because that would blow his cover, and he really would be kicked out of college. All right? He's the story of Jacob just like us. Because the fact of it is that Dr. Seuss took the first manuscript of his children's book to publishers 28 times and was rejected. As a matter of fact, he said he's walking down uh, New York City and he's got manuscript in hand and he's headed to a trash bin to throw it away. And he sees a friend of his from Dartmouth College and they get to talking. The friend works for Random House. They go upstairs, they cut the deal, and now you know the story of Dr. Seuss. This book was written in 1990. His last book, published in 1991, well, no, it was published in 1990, but when he died in 1991, it was still on the New York bestseller list. Still sells 300,000 copies every year in the United States and Canada. The reason I like it is because it says something in here about Jacob. Listen very carefully. I love this part. I really do know where it is. Here we go. All the places you'll go, there is fun to be done. There are points to be scored. There is games to be won. And the magical things you can do with that ball are make you the winningest winner of all fame You'll be famous as famous can be with the whole wide world watching you win on TV. (laughs) Except when they don't. Because sometimes they won't. I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games too. Games you can't win. Because you play against you. Let's go back to Jacob. Let's see how he played against himself. He's running for his life. He can't go anymore because it's dark. So he lays down and has a stone for a pillow. Now, I promise you, I've been there. There are numerous stones in that area. No lack of them. All right? So he lays down and he starts to dream. And what he sees in his dream is this, it's really a stairway. We call it Jacob's Slatter. It's a stairway from earth to heaven. And he says angels going up and down on it. And God's there and God talks to him. As a matter of fact, God introduces himself to Jacob because, guess what? Jacob doesn't know God. I'm convinced of it. He's heard the stories, it's in his family, but he doesn't know God. And God says, Jacob, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac. And Jacob, the land that you're asleep on right here, I'm going to give to you. That's good news. Because you see, right now, he's being run out of the land that he got by deception. He's running for his life. So that's good news. The second thing God says is, Jacob, I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the dust of the earth. Spreading out north, south, east, west. That's good news. Because right now, he didn't have any descendants. No kids, no wife. And you say, well, come on, Troy, give the boy a chance. He's 80 years old. Yeah! He's nearly 80 years old right now. He's never been away from home. He's kind of a mama's boy. Alright? He's lonely. Running for his life. Next thing. Now, I'm going to paraphrase here. This is Troy's paraphrase. Just hang with me. God says, Jacob, you see this stairway to heaven? That's the Savior of the world. The Bible tells us that I was in Christ reconciling the world to myself. He said that's the Savior of the world. He's going to come through your line and all families of the world are going to be blessed. That's good news because up to this point, Jacob just deceives people. He cares nothing about other families, only himself. God goes on to tell him, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to be with you in this foreign land. I'm not going to leave you, protect you, and I will bring you back to this land. Jacob, I'm going to do everything that I promised to Abraham and Isaac through you. And here's the really freaky part of this story. That's it. No conditions. No conditions. He doesn't have to do anything for it. It's His. Wow. Can you believe that? I mean, if I had been God at that time, probably why I'm not. But I would walk up there and say, Jacob, boy, you done blowed things up. Yeah, you messed up royally. I mean, you should be on that ground with a rock for your pillow, buddy. You're going to be the, the, the father of the 12, twelve nations. I mean, come on. What's wrong with you? God did not do that. Why? I believe it's because God knows who he's dealing with. He's dealing with people like you and like me. We're not bad people. We're not good people. But the fact of it is, folks, we're not the heroes and neither is Jacob. Jesus is the hero. And what I want to tell you today is what Jacob probably didn't understand is that stairway to heaven is yours. It's not a place. It's inside of you. Let me connect it to the New Testament for you. Philip is a disciple of Jesus. But before he became a disciple, he spent a day with Jesus. He was so taken with Jesus that he runs against Nathaniel and says, "Nathaniel, you've got to come see this guy. It's the one Moses talked about, Jesus of Nazareth. Nathan says, well, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Not because it's a bad place. It's just a small place. He says, come and see. So as they're coming to see Jesus, Jesus sees them. And this is what Jesus says. It's in the book of John if you'd like to read it. He says, ah, Nathanael, a true Israelite. What he's saying is a true son of Israel, ah, in which there is no guile or deceit. Now that might be lost on us, but let me tell you something. It was not lost on Nathaniel. What Nathaniel understood Jesus was telling him was, Nathaniel, you're a son of Israel, not Jacob, with deceit. All right, you getting that? Nathaniel's really taken by that. He said, well, how do you know me? How do you know? How did you know? Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree. When Philip went to get you. Nathanael says, you are the son of God. I could see Jesus chuckle and say, "Nathaniel, you're going to see greater things than this. And then he drives home the story of Jacob from Nathaniel. He says, you're going to see heaven opened and angels descending and ascending on the son of man. Jacob's ladder. The stairway to heaven. Jesus is saying, I'm it. I'm it. Folks, when Jacob woke up from his dream, the first thing he tries to do is bargain with God. Really? God's already given him about eight blessings, and and Jacob sees no reason to ask two more. Could you give me food and clothes as well? He's a good Jew. He's a good businessman. And bring me back safely. And God's up there going, Jacob, okay, buddy, you really have nothing to bargain with, but, you know, whatever you want to do. The fact of it is, you can't play against God. He's not playing because he's already giving you everything. Everything. Jacob didn't have to do a thing for it. Neither do you. Neither do you. It is a gift, but so many people leave it on the table. One of the neat things that Dr. Seuss says, he said, you know, if all the characters I ever created invited me to a dinner, I wouldn't go. Would you? Have you seen his books? I wouldn't go either. Sometimes I wonder about God. If we all invited God to a dinner, the characters he's created, would he show up? (laughs) He did. He did show up. It was called the Last Supper. Jesus showed up at the dinner knowing he would be betrayed, he would be left alone, and then he would die for you and for me. Folks, as we're going through this life at a neck break speed, remember something. Don't try to bargain for the gift of God. You can't. You couldn't afford the price anyway. God paid that through Jesus Christ. He is the stairway to heaven. It's like a vulture going over the desert. It's looking for dead meat, sniffing it out. Things that have passed, things that have expired, things that are rotten, to be quite honest with you. And sometimes I think that's what we do in life. We look for all these things that don't matter, really. But not a hummingbird. Hummingbird zooms across there, zips across, and it's looking for new life, the blooms and the flowers that grow. Both birds fly over the same area. Both birds find what they're looking for. And so do you and me. What are you looking for in life? What are you trying to gain? Because if you'll stop just a minute and realize that vertical axis is God saying to you, you got it. It's yours. It's free. Don't leave it on the table. God is the God of Jacob as well as Israel. Israel. Sometimes it takes a lifetime to get there. Consider this. The small breath of time we have on this planet, 70, 80 years, it's a breath of time. Let's say that you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and as your Lord. That small breath of time is the furthest away you're ever going to be from God. When it's gone, you're with God. The reverse is true. For this small breath of time, if you choose not the gift that God has for you, the inheritance that's yours, well, this small breath of time is as close as you're ever going to be to God. Choose life. We're all Jacob. God wants us to be Israel.